At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Are you guys ready? Do it. All right, guys. Welcome to the Full Blast Podcast. My name is Jeff Fader, and this is the return of the Black Friday special. Jonathan Porter and Ben Snoor. But before we get into it, I have to talk about a couple things. I was going through my knives at home, and I noticed that I must have been a little bit lazy because some of my carbon steel knives were not only patinating, but I got a little spot of rust on them. I felt bad about it. I brought him to the shop this morning. I hit him with a little bit of gray scotch bright, pulled that off, and then I pulled out the axe wax. And I pulled this, my axe wax out, put it on the blade, wiped it down, and then I hit it with the heat gun to just make sure that it would be a little bit extra, extra nice. And then I let it dry, wiped the excess off, and now I know that it is not going, that's not going to happen again. So go get yourself some axe wax. It's great for wood. It's great for steel. It's great for Damascus. It's great for all that stuff. And if you go to axewax.us, put in promo code FULLBLAST10, you will get 10% off your order. Definitely go get yourself some Axe Wax. It's worth it. I just did. Uh, I just sent out a pile of walnut steak knives, a slicer, and a fork. Covered it all in Axe Wax, and I'm very happy with it. Next thing is, once again, guys, holiday season is upon us. Might as well get yourself a good website because otherwise you just don't want to get stuck doing business in the DMs. It's just it's a sucker's bet because you have to deal with all these people who, you know, they're going to ask you a million questions and then they're just like, you know, they're taking your time and you can be answering their questions on your website. So if you go to akinteractive.com slash full blast, fill out the paperwork. Andreas Kalani will figure out what you need. He can figure out if you need a new website or if you need your website just fixed up, if you need some logo to redesign, if you need some graphics done, whatever you want. You want to get a tabletop, you want to get stuff for the next Blade show so you so your booth looks good, he'll do that too. So go to akinteractive.com slash fullblast, and then that's you get 10% off as being a listener. And do me a favor. You, he's going to send you there anyway. Don't just go to Andreas Kalani. Go to akinteractive.com slash fullblast, and you can see all the, um, the hyperlinks in the show notes you don't have to ask just go to the hyperlinks get your you know support these guys axe wax and andreas kalani um small guys doing nice things makers for their makers doing stuff for other makers so go follow, follow them okay bah, 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 bah. when i was a kid i loved the radio the radio was something for me that was my companion i, I talk about it very frequently and with lovingly and one of my favorite things the unsung hero of all radio was the holiday episodes, but wasn't the holiday episodes before they went on vacation. It was the fill-in guys. It was the shows where maybe Mark Simone had to do a, somebody's shift, and it, I just loved the on-the-holiday episodes because it was like there was some peril, there was some fun, and I always 
loved, loved, loved the holiday episode. So I started to do the Black Friday special, and that's this is Friday, Black Friday special. So I, last year we had Ben Snoor and Jonathan Porter here, and then we're doing it again. This is Cowboy Talk 2, Jonathan Porter of Doghouse Forge, one of my good friends, and Ben Snoor of Ben Snoor, one of my good friends. We're here, Cowboy Talk 2, Black Friday special 2. Guys, how are you? If I was any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> Jonathan, how are you? I can't hear you, Jeff. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> you okay over there? <laughs> yeah. Every, um. Uh. Yeah. Uh. I got your. You're fine. Your 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 advertisements were all fine, but then you you keep going into um distorted metal sounding Jeff Land and uh, metallic I, sounding I've been Jeff. That too. Yeah. So. Well, if you can hear it, it should be fine. I sh- okay. it should sound. I mean, from where my end is, we should be recording locally, and it should be fine. So let's just all cross our fingers that once it's all put together, it should be all right. All right. Oh well. Anyway, uh, uh, welcome to the show. Let's go. Yeah. Um. Everything is uh, fantastic on this end. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited to uh, talk to both of you. Longer than just well, a text message. I don't know. I, I got here. messed up. I got I got thrown off. It's fine. Yeah, you sound flustered. Well, of well all I couldn't my hear him for the last makers. last bit of it. So anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Well, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. We might have some technical issues. We're gonna just kind of run through and we'll see what happens. All right. So Jonathan is Doghouse Forge is one of those one of the companies that uh, of a friend of mine, Jonathan Porter, who. You are now in the heels of getting ready for Christmas. So are, how are you feeling in regards to your Christmas orders and getting ready for a restock? And how are things going on at Doghouse Forge? Um, I mean, I'm behind as usual. I will not miss Thanksgiving this year, so I'm not that behind. Uh, and I decided that trying to have stuff ready like the morning after Thanksgiving is stupid. So I decided that this year it's like Saturday at noon. That way I can like get up at regular hours and just hit start. I don't have to like run around like crazy. And then I've got uh, a second wave on deck that if everything goes well, I'll throw them up end of next week and we'll see how it goes. Are you concerned? I mean, like you really do a great job in terms of having stuff on hand. You know, I'm being prepared mm-hmm. for when black when after Black Friday comes, you're gonna have what what day will you have your website ready for the the montage of insanity? Well, Saturday there'll be the main upload, and then I've got some smaller uploads throughout the week. Um, I'm just trying to spread it out a little bit, like the that little bit of outdoor that I'm putting up. <clears throat> I'll probably put it up on on Monday and I've got stuff like the bulk of it going up on Saturday. And then I've got another round of Sasto stuff I have to build in between sharpening. And so we'll see how much I get done after the main uploads and what I've got spread out for next week. Cause most after that I've got Sasto and then I'm going to do something a little bit crazy this year, guys. I'm going to just kind of take it easy. Good for you. And, I'm just going to enjoy the holidays and the break, shoe some horses, and then enjoy the nice weather in Florida and not be in this shop the entire just time. Just to back up a hair, the Sastos thing is very interesting. So you partnered up with, uh, you're collaborating with, what's the chef's name, his full name? Uh, it's, it's Joe Sasto. 
Joe Sasto, and he was on mm-hmm. Top Chef or something like that? Yeah, he's been on a couple seasons of it, uh, maybe more than that. I don't know. He's a pasta guy. He's a younger guy. He's got a huge you know, huge following of, of very loyal people that support him. He's an incredible, innovative chef. I mean, he's in his late 20s, maybe just 30, and he's already got the Michelin. He's, he, he took a restaurant into like the two or three Michelin star range. I mean, it's, the guy's pretty, pretty incredible. Um, it's been a real blessing. I've been able to work with somebody that knows what they're doing, which is such a blessing. Yeah. And I send him something and he'll say, this is great, but, and I can listen to the, but, because it's not like a, but that I have to think about and be like, yeah, but that doesn't really make any sense. It's usually a, but, and then I fix it and it sure enough, it works. And that's been such a nice, nice breath of fresh air. Well, one of the things that's interesting is, is his Instagram is excellent. Like he's got the Instagram down. He does a lot of raviolis and a lot of little pastas and he's does, he does mm-hmm. a great job on Instagram. I have to say, I do enjoy the things that he does and I'm glad that you're doing stuff. That's not just knives. I mean, it's, you're doing a lot of like dough peels with him and like ravioli cutters and pasta cutters. And it's a, it's a real, it's, it's a very, very nice uh, collaboration you guys are doing. Thank you. Yeah. It's I'm excited. Next year we actually have, um, I think, you know, I sent you guys pictures in our little group chat. Um, I, the texture boards we're oh, making yeah. for yeah. the, those, those crazy gnocchi boards and these other texture boards for doing the, the pasta rolls. And like, I'm talking like full crazy 3d geometry and <clears throat> with the new CNC that I have, it's, it's, we're, we're able to carve these insane designs that we're going to be able to put into pasta, which is, it's weird because I'm not a pasta person, but I'm not really a knife guy either. So I just kind of, I just, I, I just enjoy the process, I guess. Um, we have this multiple head cutter that's supposed to come out uh, January or February. So it's, it's just progresses into more and more pasta tools. Um, and like you said, Jeff, it's not just knives. I've got cutting boards, not, not cutting boards, uh, knife blocks that I'm going to be able to start doing next year. I figure we've sold almost... We were at like 18,000 units of some sort over the course of since we started until like the last time I counted it. And that's a lot of knife blocks, yeah. I think. So that seems like a, val- a, valid, <laughs> a valid thing to produce. So I don't, I don't know. We got a lot coming up. And you, you're talking about Instagram. It's funny because I haven't been on Instagram and I don't know. I don't know when I was on it last. You guys will have to help me. Uh, I don't remember. on a year, I'd say. I don't I think you've. I think you've been off for it's quite been a, a long while. time. I think, I think your wife is operating the Doghouse Forge. I think you're, I think you're uh, enjoying your life. We get little messages here and there from you, but it sounds like you're perfectly happy w- w- doing what you're doing. It's you know he's he's yeah, Ben's the same spot. These kids, man, they're mine are seven and nine. They're at the age where they need me. And they need like you know like you you said popping in little things like last couple three weeks ago I sent you those videos of us on that river and we found uh, Snur Creek which obviously is was a highlight of the trip but we those kind of things they need that you know right now their their imaginations are going nuts and to go down the Peace River on a wilderness overnight uh, I did it in Boy Scouts two or three times I know it. I know exactly what it's going to be, but to them at this age, it's just, it is the wilderness. It is the jungle. It's everything wild. And, and it's, everything's new. It's just, they need, 
and everything's new and they need it. And they, you know, they found Snewer Creek and we found shark's teeth and we, and, and like stuff that I'm like, oh yeah, you can pretty much reach down and grab a handful of sand in this river and they phosphate mined it back in the early 1900s. So everything at the bottom of this is just shark's teeth. So Which you, is it, awesome. But they don't know that. Yo, it's so awesome. But you can find those little ones everywhere. But they don't know that. They thought I was the coolest dad ever for quite a while. You know, I was just like, yep, yep, I know the spots. Here they are. Only they're the tall spots, but, you know, it's, it's okay. <laughs> ben, do you, oh. ben, when, when you, you got your kids out on this beautiful ranch, yep. there's just, I mean, it's just the, every time you, you'll show a picture of what it looks like, it's just it just seems you know, out of like a movie. Do you ever take your kids like camping or do you guys do any adventures uh, on that you ranch? You know, we go hiking. We're, we'd planned on camping this summer and just never really got around to it. But that's, that is on the agenda. But yeah, we go hiking. We go explore places that I haven't been. Uh, you know, it's a good excuse for me to go find new things. Yeah. Uh, go find petrified wood, occasionally find arrowheads. Uh, you know, things like that. When you both, I mean, one of the interest I'm fascinated by the both of you because you both have this, you know, like this very, in my mind, it's this very rich, you know, history of being, you know, working with on ranches and working with horses and working with, you know, cattle and stuff like that. And so in my mind, I can't help but think about like, you know, stupid city slickers where, you know, they're, they're, they're moving cows across pastures and stuff like that. And dumb Billy Crystal's got a Mets hat on and, you know, it's it's just so goofy. Did you guys do a lot of like, when you were doing a lot of ranching, was there a lot of sleeping outside? Not for me. Um, for me, there was quite a bit, but I was working for the Boy Scout Ranch, so I literally had to deal with Billy Crystal and his kids. Um, for those three months out of the year that, that Philmont takes the Boy Scouts, that's what the ranch department is doing. They're, they're supplying horses to those trail riding operations, and we call it punching dudes. We don't call it punching cows. <laughs> I got to go punch dudes today because you're taking out dude rides. You, I got to go punch dudes today. You know, we got whatever. As you get... You get more responsibility, you learn that the fall and the spring is where it's at. And the summer is his hauling hay and putting up hay. And it's it's a lot of work work. You don't do a lot with the cows. At least I didn't do a lot with the cows in the summer. I don't know what, with Ben's world, but it was the fall and the spring that were the yep. busy times, punching dudes in the summer. You know, there are a few ranches around that still run like a tent camp where they have a chuck wagon. Guys out there have a string of ponies. And they sleep in tents for like three months, and they'll be out there running yearlings. But those are pretty few and far between nowadays. Yeah, it's pretty rare. No, you're, it's hard. It, it. I'm just thinking it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard, even in the romanticized vision of whatever you have as this cowboy ranch in your head. I'm pretty sure that I could get an RV trailer wherever you're seeing in your mind with my truck. So. Well, and, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Ben would, and, and Ben would too. And I'm, I might want to sleep in that RV trailer. I might not want to sleep in the chuck wagon anymore. I'm you know, old, and, and so just, that's different. Times change. You know, you you gather cows with a helicopter. You don't even need cowboys for for that part in places. Yeah, you know, exactly. you got RFID tags that on your cows where you can have a reader that'll monitor which cows have come to get water or or feed or anything and monitor their intake of salt i mean it's it's just technology has really been embraced by by the the cattlemen 
but I mean, in my mind, when I th- really think about what a cowboy or what for raising cattle, I mean, you know, you, you talk about feed and you talk about hay and you, you know, getting the you know the food and stuff. But I would I was in the impression that a lot of the ranching is moving the cattle around where the food is, where the grass is. So I can imagine these long, vast pastures where you're just kind of moving the cattle along where all the grass is. So I can see why you would have you know, people would hang out, you know, for nights on end where the cows are. Uh, you know, it's, hell, now I can move my cows around. I can gather all my cows with a pickup. They know what the truck sounds like and they come running because they know what feed's coming out of it. Oh. You know, the time when you have guys sleeping in tents and they're out there amongst the cows every day, it's whenever you have yearlings that What's get a sick, uh, a year old cow, oh, oh. and they get sick all the time. And so you got to have guys out there, you know, doctoring them. And then also, like, first calf heifers. You know, it's a cow that's having her first calf, and there's sometimes complications with that. And so you got to monitor them in case you got to pull a calf if it's coming out sideways or stuck or whatever. It's th- Those are kind of the times that you really need people on hand. But other than that, I mean, hell, it's cows are dumb. Most of my... Most of my responsibility on a certain day might be to ride to another gate and open it and then leave it open. That was the all you had to do. And then ride back. You know, I mean, I mean, it might be far away, and <laughs> but but I mean, once it's open, it's you just let the cows kind of move their way through it, and they they know certain. Like Ben said, even we didn't use it. We actually several times a year would get on horseback and run these cows straight up and down the sides of the Philmont mountains and straight through town and straight through. I mean, we, we moved them like old school cowboys, but a lot of the times you just open the gate and let them drift their way down to the next closed gate. Cause they know that down at the bottom is the baby's getting cut off me. I'm going to get food turned out in this lower pasture and it, weaning the moms want to be weaned believe me so <laughs> they they're heading down before we even get to the gate a lot of times i get there and there's a group sitting there waiting on you you know I- and gathering cows like to go brand them or work calves and stuff i mean pretty often you'll still ride out there and just make sure there's no stragglers hanging out did i did i ever tell you that my dad had cows for a little, little bit yeah, you told us that. I did. Yeah. So he had he had these yeah. cows that this fucking guy. My dad had a winery with a vineyard, and this cattle guy was like, "Can you please just let my my cows, you know, graze here for a while?" And then the guy just left, and he left with all these cows on my dad's property. And then they would eat the he he had an old wild orchard, and they'd eat all the rotten apples, and they were getting all sick from the rotten apples. And my dad had once had to help like remove a, ba- a baby that was not happening. <laughs> the birth was not yep. good. And he just said, I hate these fucking things. I hate these goddamn cows and they hate me. And he was just like, I got to get rid of them. And he, he finally got rid of them. But I mean, he was just like, he got, he got abandoned. These, these uh, black Angus cows were abandoned on his property. He hated them. Well, what did he do with the money from the sale? Did he just keep I don't it? know if he, I don't know if he, I I think they might have been reclaimed. I'm not 100% sure, but I'll be honest with you. Him when he comes to him and money and what I know, it's nothing. So who knows what the hell happened? Yeah. Who, he, you know, who knows. But you know, the whole chuck wagon thing is do you were they was was there like you know, you think about this guy with you know, on the back of a chuck wagon and called cookie or something like cookie? that was cookie, there was yeah. there like Pocambo? was there was the were they was the food good on these chuck wagons or do you ever have any memorable experiences of camping food that was really I, good I guess or? it depends on the cook 
Well, I mean, you obviously yeah, know say. who sucks and who doesn't suck. So do you have any fond memories of people who were out on the out there with the, uh, the well, truck you know, wagon? I, I was never around like an actual truck wagon being operated on a ranch. You know, hell, growing up, we'd work calves. My grandmother would show up with coolers of food, fried chicken and iced tea and, and mashed potatoes, green beans. <laughs> like it, it was a production for her doing that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, our camps all had a, uh, a a cook, and and the ones that had horses at them, they would have. But I guess that's not true. Not all the camp, the, the the camps that had a horse department stationed at it would have a cook, and I can tell you that it there's sometimes that cook was awesome, and there are sometimes that that was the worst part of your day, and it was the it was like the most underappreciated job. Nobody gave a shit. <laughs> It was, and most, it was like the, you, you had to have, you know, qualifications to do everything except be the cook for some reason. I don't know why, but yeah, I, I could, it wasn't the greatest, Jeff. Most of the time it was like younger folks just like us that were trying to figure it out. I can imagine so, extraordinary It anger. wasn't biscuits at, it wasn't biscuits at sunrise Bacon, and you know, co- with black eye. No, it was like, it was bacon burned into the cast i don't know it, it, we had some good i had one cook that was like an actual cook and he his mom taught him how to cook and you could tell he came from an upbringing that did not have a lot because we had a wood burning stove and this dude could bake bread in a pot using the heat off of the top of like a cracked open wood burning stove port you know like and he would it would be the best bread you've ever had in your life it was so good and just he knew how to work that wood burning stove like it was a like it was a fully functional modern day baking stove. It was so amazing. He was he was incredible. His food was like out of a out of a you know like like a novel as far as what cowboy food should be. I can see that I can see that the food would be make or break in terms of your 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 mindset because if the food sucks and you worked all day and the food sucks, it's such a it's such a letdown. And then, but if the food's you really just great, eat a lot more crap. I, I was gonna say, yeah. sometimes you just, you're so hungry, it just doesn't matter. Really? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't I matter. You just eat it for months at a time. Really? Oh yeah. Pot of pinto beans. I had I had a pot going all the time, and that's all I'd eat: beans <laughs> and tortillas. Jeez, it was cheap. I had to buy that. Was cheap. You can make anything taste pretty good. <laughs> There was there was a couple there was a there was about six months where when my wife and I first moved into our apartment on Fourteenth and Street in First Avenue in the, in the in the East Village, and I was like hauling ass trying to make some money, and she was in nursing school. And we were just eating beans, rice, and, and tortillas. So it's a it's a it's not just a regional thing. It was definitely like so. Do you guys have fond memories? Any any fond memories that you can think of that you remember back to and thinking that this is the best job I've ever done? Uh, I mean, I've got days off when I'm walking to where my truck was parked that I'm just like, I can remember still. If I close my eyes, it's just as clear as it was back then. And it's just memories of just the country. Just, and I took Lorianne out in January to get um, a Kelpie dog from the ranch down the way, not down the way, but it's up in Colorado, um, that, I, that I got Millie from. And just, just her seeing that country and seeing those mountains that we lived in and, and just, 
I got fond memories of God's country in that area, and I, I I'm jealous as hell of you, Ben. Every time you post something, and it's and it's your beautiful, it's just a beautiful place. For the for the listeners of the podcast, this is something that I can't let go because I remember when you know when you did this is an, this was something you did, which was like Father of the Year shit, which was like. Father of the Year shit that <laughs> okay. was kind of annoying because it was just like, I ain't going to do that. You have this one, these two great daughters, and you decided to get one of your daughters a dog. And you rented a, uh, uh, you know, an RV, and you got your daughter, and then you b- booked to, you know, ordered, basically called up the place where you got your dog, Millie, which is an incredible dog. And then you drove <laughs> out, just you and your one daughter, and you drove out in the RV, and then you went to pick up her dog. And I just remember you were sending me pictures and you were, you were, you were, it was incredibly loving and it was something that it was like a wonderful experience for you and her. And, and the other thing is, is you, you said, all right, well now she's got a bond with the dog. And it was this whole, I enjoyed the trip, you sending pictures of the trip out to Colorado to get the dog. And then on the way back, how you and the, and your Millie was there and you monitoring Millie, the dog, make sure that Millie wasn't going to beat the shit out of this little puppy. And then how your <laughs> daughter was dealing with this puppy and the bonding. And it was just a really one of these, it was an incredibly wholesome moment, Jonathan Porter. Thank you very much. I know dogs pretty well. And with ranch dogs, especially, and off the advice of uh, Shirley, which is the, the breeder that I, 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 like the only one I trust in the whole world. Um, but anyway, she she said with these kelpies, I got to get them, I got to get her synced up pretty quick. Um, so we sunk, we got her, we had her synced up with Lorianne by the time we got her home. It was, there, if, if Lorianne's home, she wants to be with Lorianne. If Lorianne's not home, she wants to be with Millie. And that's exactly what I needed. So it worked out. Back on your question of fond yeah. memories, I've been thinking about it. And it's not necessarily from my time working but a, a good memory is being out there at the family ranch and swimming in a stock tank, a steel rim sw- stock tank with my sister <laughs> and my cousins. And, you know, being six or seven years old and you go and you kind of help out working cows all day and then swim in the afternoon in the tank that's just right there beside the pens was, was a pretty good one. And then also just seeing things that you don't expect. Like finding some goldfish in a tank that, you know, somebody put in there. <laughs> Who knows how long ago? Uh, Fall Festival, nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah, pretty much. It's just kind of you know unexpected <laughs> things are are neat to find. We, my mother-in-law, was freaking out because there was she she built this like little pond in the middle of her you know this this uh in on their property. And it's this tiny little pond, and all of a sudden one day she noticed a fish was in there, and it was like there's just no way. How did this fish get? Where there? did they come from? Where, I mean, it was like she built. She, it's like they poured pails of water into the goddamn, you know, making this fake pond, yeah. and then all of a sudden, this goddamn. And we were trying to figure it out. All I could think of is maybe some bird shat out a a, a fish seed, fish egg. Fish yeah, egg. A fish egg. <laughs> some fish bird eggs. fish shit out a fish egg or something I, like I that's all that we could think of. Thing or hell, like you're you're in the middle of nowhere and there's a turtle. Like, where does this turtle come? Where's this turtle getting water? 
how funny is it that we automatically think that something just shattered? Maybe it's out? a tortoise. Something just shit and it drinks once a year. Something had to shit that yeah, out. Yeah, some big bird. <laughs> so, it, it's always coming. Uh, something shit it out. Some big seagull flew by and crapped out a, a fish egg, and then there he goes. That's that is so funny. I was just thinking that people say we came into this world, but we don't come into this world. We come yeah. out of it. So that's totally. Well, what do you think you are, well, the, right? So you're you're just that's it. You just got shat out of a bird's ass and you became a yeah, fish. I mean, welcome to the world. I mean, the, the other way, the other thing is, is like maybe the a fish, maybe a bird had caught the fish and then it fell out of its beak, but oh, then no. it fell no, into the then it fell into out. the water. Oh yeah, shout out, shout out. Well, with our scientific approval rating, I think we can safely we 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 can conclude that it was shit out. Absolutely, or shout out. Well, in, in in you know, believe it or not, I actually posed some questions uh, to the audience, of the Full Blast podcast. This is like this is we're in extra, we're in over, we're in holiday time, we're in extra innings. So I figured I'd reach out to the listeners and we'll sprinkle in questions. If any of these questions kind of like spur on some sort of conversation or a memory you have, feel free to like you know ramble. I'm I'm completely with that. This is supposed to be fun. So do it. Um, I got a message. Do you know guys know Cayman Knives Benjamin? Cayman, yeah, he, yeah, he's, he, he's the is he German? He's I think he's Austrian. That's not He his knife, a hundred percent. So his uh, his uh, he actually he just had a, a knife on the cover of Blade magazine. He's a good dude, real good dude. And actually, he does something that's pretty interesting. Congratulations! One thing he does is really amazing. His knives is he'll he'll countersink the bolster. And then you'll see these machine bolts that kind of like tie the bolster into the handle of the knife. They look really cool. I, I really like his knives. I really love his handles. I always wonder about food getting stuck in those bolts. But at the same time, who cares? I don't generally rub food all over the handle of my knife. There you go. There you go. But you, yeah, suck, you just put your mouth up to it. You just suck them out. You just put your mouth up there and you just suck them all there out. There you go. So Ben, um, Ben sent a message in, and he wanted to know. Benjamin came in knives. Definitely go follow him. He's a badass motherfucker. And uh, he says, how many rattlesnakes did Ben kill overall, and did he ever think about eating them to gain their power? How many rattlesnakes? Do you, do you have to? Oh, you think you've killed hundreds? Hundreds. Without a doubt, hundreds. And it's, it's considered a pestilence, right? Or a pest? Or... Uh, yeah, they're a nuisance. And, you know, there are so many out here that I don't, I don't put a dent in them. But I don't want my dog, kids, or animals bitten by a rattlesnake. And so if I see one, I eliminate it. Now, right. as far as eating them, rattlesnake tastes like shit. I had <laughs> eaten them. Everybody always said, oh, looks like dinner. Kiss my ass. I like good food. <laughs> The only time you eat a rattlesnake is you have some, you know, people out here who who just never had been to a ranch or whatever. You see a rattlesnake, you kill it and you grill it and let them eat the shitty meat. And then they can say, I've eaten rattlesnake. It sucks. What is the texture like? It tastes like chicken. It just tastes like gamey chicken. It's kind of like alligator. It, it is more like alligators and chicken, but I figured more people, yeah. Chicken with a little hint of fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it's right. Good. It's not Algae kind of fish, not just like fi- algae yeah, fish. Not... Like kind of what a pond yeah, smells like. Like a crappie or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, kind of like yeah, a crappy carpet. Another crappy yeah, like, like rattlesnakes. The funny <laughs> thing is, lately I don't know if I brought this up before. You know, we've got this terrible feral hog issue that's just storming. It they're taking over everywhere. Right. I mean, they're they're <laughs> gonna be all over. You know, they're gonna be in Alaska soon. But the rattlesnakes, the hogs will eat the rattlesnakes, and so the rattlesnakes have stopped rattling. Really. And so it's a scary thing. You'll walk by a rattlesnake and it'll be coiled up and it's little the rattles will be sticking straight up in the air like it should be rattling, but they're not rattling. So you don't like you really gotta be even more on the lookout for them. So when the when the hogs eat the snakes, doesn't the they don't they still get the venom? I you know, I don't I think they're just so damn tough it doesn't hurt them. Jesus Christ! So, from what I understand about the hog thing, is they're just trampling fields and then oh no, they're, just, they're just... not trampling. They root them up. Oh, they're rooting them yeah, up. They dig them up. Just, like you should see the backcountry in Florida. It's just like somebody went out there with a with a rototiller, a drunken uncle, a drunken uncle, and gave him a tractor with like a spike on it, and was just like, "Have fun, buddy," and just sent about. That's it. That's what it looks. Yeah, what like. What are they doing? Just... What are the What are the hogs? Are they looking uh, for food? Looking or... for food. Like you got to see what they'll do to a peanut field. It looks like the the field is has been plowed. I mean, they'll just completely yeah. they'll eat every peanut out of that field. And uh, uh, another thing about those pigs is they can start breeding at three months of age. Oh my the gestation God. period is three months, and they'll have like nine piglets. Yeah, that's the problem: is the litter size and how. We had we we've had them in Florida, Ben, for for yeah. a long time, and you guys are in the current wave of hog def- <laughs> devastation. I have to admit, we've kind of they just there's so many people that hunt them here now that they got a handle on them. I think, and that's but, another animal that I'm not eating. Why not? Because they're no. nasty as shit, and they are cannibals. And you I got don't boar taint all over your oh, that's any, what? You know, Wait, what? You, people don't what boar taint? What? What's boar taint? What is boar tank? Oh, the stink. Like it, oh, 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 oh. I'm thinking oh, like no, between, just the, in a meat. between the meat. No, it's in the meat. It's like a testosterone taint from what I understand. It's like if you let a, a male pig go to go to um, whatever boar, like its meat's going to taste like crap. So that's why you don't, you don't, you know, you banned piglets so that they don't become boars. And then <clears throat> does, does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, so so okay. No, so that's when, the reason why why bulls all get turned into ground beef instead of being turned into steaks. It's just what it's just it taste. It's got a taste to it because of the testosterone, from my understanding. I know I know about it because of one of my horse clients has raises pigs on her farm, and she gave me some boar taint, nasty ass bacon one time, and I I was like, what the hell is this? And she's like, oh, I gave you the wrong stuff, but it. Did, Anyway, she didn't that's where I learned stuff. about it. But... She was just trying to get rid of that shit. <laughs> She's just trying What does it right? taste? I mean, what, but... is the, what would be the difference? I mean, how could you describe the difference between, you know... If you can imagine what bacon tastes like, it just, it's got this gaminess to it that's... It's just wild. Uh, I don't know yeah, how to explain it, though. But it... I don't know. I don't eat it. They're cannibals, and I don't eat cannibals. Hmm. Yeah, you could feed anything to that. Yeah, those yeah. things. See, Same. I'm that's see. I thought I thought all right. Well, problem solved because I mean, there are so many people who hunt them now. Um, I would think that I would think that there would be nobody you know, eats it would them. Be, nobody eats huh. them. 
Now, huh. if you had one, like, say you were, I don't know, in Nebraska or Kansas, and they were eating corn all the time and just destroying cornfields and eating corn, that would be a different tasting animal. Like a, you know, a 70, 70 pound piglet would probably be pretty good in that situation. But out here where they're just trying to eat anything they can, they're eating, you know, grubs and shit and, and dirt. I'm not going to eat that. Right. No. No. Actually, yeah, my most cowboy friends here in Florida, they cowboy on four wheelers. Um, they have super technical stock tanks, or not tanks, but stock pins that, like, open and close with buttons, like, all kinds of stuff. Um, What they ride horses for is to gather up hogs, and they will get them in the pen, and they'll they'll cull off the the females that are pregnant, and then, then when they get the females and the babies come out, then just like Ben said, they'll raise all the babies straight grain and corn, and then that's what they use for the 4th of July when they have a wild hog party. Like it, there's no, they're not going out that day and like, and like popping one off and putting it on the grill. They've been raising those things just like they're, just like they're some sort of domesticated livestock. I I have to make one, I have to make one point that I can't get, I can't let loose. I can't not say this. I've been to five whole pig, whole pig roasts, five or six in my life. Every one of them, the food always tastes like shit. I don't think that, I don't think if you're going to eat, uh, pork, whole is the way to go. I think it's. I think it is a mismanagement of good, perfectly good food. We did a couple of uh, deals where you you dig the pit and you have a big ass fire and you season that. You know, you inject the pig and you stuff yeah. it with vegetables and fruit and all that shit and stick it in the ground, cover it up. We did that. It sucked. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> you know why it sucks? Because everything is. It cooks differently. Better. Everything cooks better differently. You so know, every time I've had it, and I've had it from different, and every, all the different cuts of meat, dude. all the right. different that cuts cook differently. So what you end right. up with is something, and I'm sure you'll say yes. It tastes greasy. It always tastes it greasy. Is, it does it taste greasy. T- it was like you have to completely over season everything for whatever reason. But I will say, every the time we did it, it was the most tender, juicy meat I've maybe ever had. It just had no flavor. No flavor. It tastes like I think. I think. I think. I have gone to enough, enough of them, and I've gone out of my way. To say, all right, I had some of this part that this time. I'm gonna try some of this part this time, and I'm always disappointed. I'm gonna see some greasy shit. It doesn't taste good. It's a mismanagement of this perfectly good animal. I, it drives me crazy, and people get all horned up about these things. I, th- I think it's just a total. I think it's ah, a it's total. A it's a novelty, and I think it's. A I, mis- I, I also think. Sorry to say this, and I said this actually. Uh, your uh, Jonathan, your wife was, I think, irritated with me. I said fried turkeys suck too, and I think that I, I personally believe it. It's a another mismanagement of a perfectly good piece of meat. But I think fried turkeys are awful. Wow. Oh, I've I think had, awful. I've had some phenomenal fried turkey, but smoked really? is smoked yeah, is the best. Smoked is the best. Emily's dad can fry. That's turkey what she told me. She got mad because I. It's like. It looks like the commercial where they like push it with a fork and it like oozes all of its juices out. Like it's perfect. It's like, but he's he's super particular as Emily is, so he's probably taken a long time. My dad time does to a hell of a job it, with but, one. 
a fried turkey's yeah. weird because people want the crispy skin, but everybody knows the skin's only crispy for five minutes, and then it turns. That's why you be the guy. We carve it out. Be the guy cooking it. So yeah. then you know, as you're pulling it out, you can start you know pulling little right. skin chips off and eating them. I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go to. Sometime I'm gonna have to go with the porters for thank for a fried turkey because I've had them three times. Everyone, it's just it's same thing as the whole hog. Nothing to write home about. Nothing to get all fired up about. That's for sure. We don't. We carve ours just like the the oven roasted turkey. Right. So it's there's no like giant skin pieces. It, it, there would be just some on the outside. I know, but like anything. with with turkey skin and chicken skin and all that, you know, you're it's not going to be crispy. I'm not a skin person to begin no, with. I, I don't. I, Emily I, makes but one you thing get it right out of the oil. She that's, that's, right. She makes this rosemary baked this broiled chicken thing where she gets the skin where it's like crunchy and that's really good. But in the yeah, I don't fried is not. I, I don't the, know. The, Go ahead. I got a question for y'all. Gravy. Giblets or no giblets? Yeah. That's un- no it's giblets, but I, it's, oh, I'm it's i afraid of the giblets. giblets. I'm not going to lie. Love. Why are you afraid of them? I don't know what to do with them. I don't know. I feel like I should know, but I have never been taught what to do with the giblets, and I'm terrified of them. I, I'm not alone I'm, in this. I'm saying this, and I know that there are listeners out there that are also terrified of the giblets. I, I think giblets go in the trash immediately no, no. so that no one no. has to ponder them or think they about them. Go That's it. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. See, my old man used to serve them to our our pets. So he used to cut he used to cut them up and then serve them to the pets. So I always appreciated that. I too don't I'm not a I don't giblets doesn't really do it for have me. Have you ever had giblet I mean, gravy? Yeah, sure. My grandfather, my mother's father the used to love that. Giblets all chopped shit. up in there and you didn't yeah, like that. I, just, I mean, it didn't really it wasn't oh. it didn't really it wasn't remarkable. It oh, wasn't like it, it wasn't something that I noticed. It wasn't something that I noticed. The next question comes from I think a friend of yours or a family relative, Ben Sloan Paulus. Yep. Do you know Sloan Paulus? I do know her. I have known her my entire life. All right. Well, Sloan wanted to. She obviously listened to you and just submitted a question. She said, "Oh no." she said ask ben about the dumbest thing he ever done slash most sick he's ever gotten is this one story yes ben Uh, what's the dumbest thing you ever done (laughs) i I said most sick i just just wrote back to him like i got a feeling you know something that i don't know this is is my sister (laughs) oh okay good uh known her my whole life life. she's older than me (laughs) Uh, we went to the national finals rodeo in Vegas one year and I don't know. I was hung over. We were, you know, we'd been there for like three days. We do it up. I was terribly hung over going through the airport. And for some reason, like I, I had my hand on the handrail and my mother was like, you don't need to touch that. You're going to get sick. I was like, I don't get sick at all. I never get sick. And I licked my hand. Oh, I got so sick. <laughs> oh my God. I was sick for like a week. <laughs> I just, yeah, Sloan loves that story. Oh, jeez. But yeah. That is just my favorite kind of karma. Yeah, I mean. That's I, my favorite. I, I was run down, so I think my immune system was already, had already taken a hit. I was, I'd been drinking for like three days straight. So that brings it down even more. And then I lick something. I'd lick my hand after touching this rail that 
5,000 other people had touched that day. Not my brightest moment. Oh, you think that's, she thinks that's the dumbest thing you've ever done? That is definitely, that is, to her, yes. I have done other dumber things. She doesn't know of all of them. Well, do you, would you like to, I mean, would you like to put up or shut up? Or, I, I, or, okay. She asked, now, she asked one, a one ridiculous stupid moment per episode. I will have one for the next <laughs> come time. On. Come on, this is a Black Friday what? special. No, Give she, one. Come no, on, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. She asked a specific question. What is the dumbest thing you've ever done and the sickest and you've that, ever gotten? That's, that's you all, told that us the story. One, one story. <laughs> But you said it just now. It wasn't the dumbest thing. So do you have to tell us the dumbest thing? Because you just, you just yes. told us what she was referencing. You didn't tell us. You didn't answer I'll the actual think question. On that. All right. I'll have I to will think start... on that because right. I have I have a long list of dumb things I have done. Well, but I'll, that, that I'll tell you guys that something dumb. Rank pretty high. Here's something dumb in cowboy. Jeff. Okay, you ready? All the time. All right. We got a horse named Junior Brown. And uh, Junior Brown was this was a good he's a good cow horse, but he had this one very special thing about him. And if you touched his butt, uh, he would kick, and it became a game. And if you were uh, on him, and you touched him while you were on him, you could touch him on both sides at the same time, and he would kick out with both back feet. And we would we would aim him at stuff, trying to kick stuff, and. I, he wouldn't get out of the pen one day, and I was flagging him after him, and he wouldn't leave, and he wouldn't leave. And I reached up, and I smacked him on the ass as hard as I could, and told. And before any words could come out of my mouth, both back feet sent me a lot of feet oh my God. in the other direction. I caught him, both of them square on my thighs. I mean, it, I'm just, I'm talking on the money. God, luckily, luckily, I had my work shaps on. Oh, I was on, I was right up behind him, and I had my work shaps on, and that leather, believe it or not, took some of that out of it, and it, it still threw me a good 10 feet, and that's, the, and I knew better, you don't touch him on the butt, because he will kick, and it's coming out, like it's, a, it's just an instinct, like the, like a doctor with that little hammer on your knee, like, you eat, that's it, and I did it, I smacked him, and I took it, that was I pretty dumb. that horse so, a <laughs> he was such a good cow horse. He had so much angry, angry cow in him. <laughs> he was a good. He he was great to ride. You just, you just, uh, yeah, yep. Dumb, dumb, dumb. I'm guessing That's he didn't get sometimes. shoes on the back. Um, you could shoe him just fine. You just couldn't smack him on the right. butt. That was it. Now. Ben, do you have at the ranch you're on now? Do you have a farrier come to shoe the horses, or do you do it yourself? I don't do it anymore. I I did it there for a long time, and now I've got a uh, my buddy Weston Newsom does it, and he is he is fantastic. How many how many horses are on your ranch? Uh, six right now. Oh, six. Yep. Wow. wow. Do you want to guys head 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 down for the next question? Do it. All right. This one comes from Matt Burchette. Matt Burchette says, "I'm looking at keeping. Uh, I'm looking at getting some livestock to keep the grass eaten down on the property. Should I look into goats or sheep? You should look into a uh, zero-turn mower that's thing. fast enough <laughs> that it's not going to bother you to get out there and mow it. That's what you should look <laughs> yeah. into. Sorry to answer your question with a negative answer, a, but a you need a lawnmower that's fast enough. Turds everywhere." <laughs> <laughs> 
It also turns off when you close uh-huh. the barn door and it's and the lights off. It doesn't come back on again until you they open don't the door end back up, up in the middle of the street, getting run over by somebody trying to make it to school on time. <laughs> is that what? Is yep. that so? Do you, you guys don't fuck around with sheep or goats nope. or at all? Nope. I, it's not that. It's just the idea of adding a responsibility because people don't think about it like that. And I'm the believe me as a as a private horse farrier, I see a lot of added responsibility that does not need to be there. And the truth of the matter is, the time you're going to spend feeding, cleaning, taking care of enough goats to keep your acre of grass mowed down is far greater than the amount of time you're going to spend taking five minutes every two weeks to zip through that son of a gun on a lawnmower. Like, so people just, it's like when people buy chickens because they want to save money. And they're like, I don't want to spend money on eggs. And I'm like, but you just bought a 50-pound bag of Laina. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I don't want – when are you going to spend $50 on eggs this year? You know, like – so, yeah. You just – I don't know. I don't like the idea of adding responsibility to decrease responsibility. It doesn't make any sense. I am fine with people getting sheep or goats or whatever and just say it. Hey, I want to have some goats. I don't need an excuse it's, for that. There you go. Like, I'd love to have some mini goats, but I can't have them because of coyotes. Oh, do you have a bad coyote problem? Uh, yeah, I mean, hell, about like anywhere around here, you got coyotes, and eventually, if you have a small animal, they will get eaten. Really? Yep. Yeah, cats generally don't last a whole, real long out here. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I have a client that has, or he's, she's an ex-client, but she um, she has a, a bunch of mini goats, and they do a Saturday morning yoga class where they let these goats climb all over them. That's so weird. It is the weirdest. I drive by sometimes because you can see right into her barn from the road, and it's like, I'm just like, what the hell are these people doing? I'm sorry if you're into goat yoga. I guess I'm in a bad mood today. I've been <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I don't get have, you know, if you're in, in downward dog and have a goat standing on your ass. <laughs> I don't think the goat <laughs> yoga population is listening to this copy. This, uh, child, child, I, I don't, think I don't know. On your hair. I'm trying to be inclusive. No, I teach inclusivity and I'm not being very inclusive. I think the, I'm sorry, I think the goat so. yoga people can, you know, they'll, they can send your, their, their irritation to me. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take the hit for you, Jonathan. But what reminded me of that is that what Ben said, she kept having these dang things eaten by coyotes. And it, not even by coyotes. The babies get picked up by the yeah. big owls here in Florida. So um, she she ends up – she's now, because of the goats, she has to add more responsibility in this Pyrenees that lives with her goat herd. So it's like – it's yeah. just – it's it's a, it's a snowball. It's a snowball. That's all I'm saying. It's a snowball. How does, Do how think- does a Pyrenees combat – a humongous owl. That I don't know, but it will keep the coyotes around no, here away. Our coyotes are pretty small. You have coyotes that people will think no, are wolves. No, we don't, actually. But... Our, our coyotes are small. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, you it's, don't? It's whenever you get into, like, Kansas and Nebraska and places and, and a little further north, that's where you start getting the big coyotes. Yeah, wow. yotes, yotes I saw one like on, the, on the New Mexico ranch. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw one on the New Mexico ranch that's about as big as Millie is, and she's 50 pounds. And I mean, it was... He was a male, a hundred percent. He was sitting just confidently watching me ride through this little little meadow valley, and he he was he was magnificent. I have to say, um, a coyote growing is a pretty up, animal. Was a I big always feel a bit bad shooting him. I do it anyways, but I feel bad about yeah. it. Gr- growing up, we we never saw my dad's place. We never saw coyotes. We always heard them at night, 
And actually, uh, we ne- I, I, I only saw one later in life when I was, uh, when I was driving and I saw them on the, on the side of the road. I, it took a long time for us to really kind of – obviously, they're becoming a, 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 you know, much more invasive, especially here in New York. Actually, there's a, like a population of coyotes living in Central Park, if you can believe that. No shit. Like in the middle of the city. Yeah, yeah. No. Yep. It's, a, it's, That's a, so it's funny. fascinating. Um, and then uh, I guess the mountain lions, too, are starting to make a like a bigger comeback here in in uh, up in Westchester, New York, too. I've so. been waiting 13 years to see a line on this place, and it has yet to happen. I think I saw one one time. My wife swears we did. I'm not 100% sure, but that is something I want to see really badly here. Oh, man. Ben, one time we were out. It, it, it just started to snow. Like, after we left the after the uh, head camp, we, we were on the back road, and it had just started to snow. Enough that Ben, uh, my boss Ben, stopped the truck because he was like, I think we might need to stop going up this hill because I don't want to get stuck. So we get out, and we start walking up the road on foot a little bit. All right? We only went up like 50, 60 feet, like around a, a slight bend. So we have the truck, and then we're up just a little bit. And Ben's like, yeah, it's starting to come down. Let's go ahead and head back. I don't, want, I, don't, I don't have any chains. I don't have anything I need for us to be out here. And we turned around and we walked back to the truck. And in between us and the truck were the largest fucking mountain lion tracks I've ever seen in my life. And that means that in that like 30 seconds, that son of a gun went in between the truck let's and get, us. And we didn't even see quick. it. Ugh. Oh my goodness gracious, we were in it. We had the horses in the trailer. They were riled up like there was a lot of it was just nuts, though, because it was like stealth because there wasn't enough distance between us and the truck for you not to be able to see the truck yeah. like it, it was just so they seeing one is very hard to do is my point in that they are everywhere, but it is hard to see them. Is, do you think that there are a lot of, of mountain lions in the United States? There are more than you'd think. And just just like JP said, I mean, it's hard to see him like I. I Pretty often every year, some lions will turn up on people's game cameras that they have set up for deer. Yeah. But you very seldom hear somebody shooting one. Right. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 it is definitely part. I mean, that's part of the, you know, the old American thing where, you know, coming up upon mountain lions and pumas and all that stuff. Is, are those the same? <laughs> mountain lions and pumas the same yeah, thing? Yeah, mountain lion, puma. I think they're, so. You, they're also called a catamount. Which is a catamount, yeah. Kind of a fun one to call it. <laughs> that's uh, that's one of the big ski slopes here in New York. Cougar, catamount. cougar. Is, is our is our Florida panther a different type of cat? Then is it more like a like a jaguar panther? Or is it or is it like that's a mountain a lion? Question. I, don't I don't know. Are there we need panthers down in Florida? Answer? This sounds like oh a question yeah. There's for a Google the the. Florida Panthers, absolutely. If they're endangered, or they might not be endangered now, but they they were most of my life anyway. People hit them with cars. That's actually why they're endangered, not from being hunted, because they're not allowed to be yep. hunted. But that's they still get line. hit by cars. Yeah, yep. that's a mountain lion. There you go. So yeah, we have them. I think they're smaller than they are out west, but they they're still here. Huh. Um, Emily, I think we saw one actually. I have to. I can't remember. I've seen a lot of things, and Emily. I took her out in the woods one time, and I think we saw one, and I was so flabbergasted that it was one of her first trips into the backcountry, and she sees a mountain lion. I'm almost certain that happened. Well, that's kind of like so, whenever Alex I and I may or may <laughs> not have seen a lion, and we were driving along 
I hadn't worked here for very long, and there's a part, there's a place where the road is down in a little draw, and I say little, like the banks of the road are up, I don't know, maybe 10 feet, so it's pretty high up above the top of the truck, and we're coming along through that spot, and an animal jumps down into the middle of the road, and then jumps up the other side, and is gone, and I just got too excited, instead of stopping and looking for tracks, I just jump out with my pistol and go running off after it. Uh, which thankfully it didn't turn around whatever it was because I'm not the best pistol shot but uh, it did have the distinctive very long tails all I really saw did you see that video I think Josh Smith uh, posted it on Montana Knife Company of this runner in Montana being followed by a mountain lion and he's throwing rocks at it and yelling at it I have seen that and that son of a bitch is mad did you, do you know what we're talking I've, I've about, Jonathan? It, that is a wild video. No, I haven't. I this haven't. runner in Montana, and you have to go to see Josh Smith, and I think, I think uh, you know, Barstool Sports picked it up, and all these places picked it up, and I don't know if, I think it was somebody who, I'm not 100% sure if it was, in, you know, it wasn't Josh, but it was like, he, you know, posted. So this runner is like, he's turned around on this dirt path, and there's this big cat who's like growling at him and following him pretty closely and he's talking loud he's filming it he's throwing rocks this fucking thing looks like it's just getting closer and closer and he's slowly like you know keeping eye contact and like talking loud and trying to be big and it's following him for quite a long time and this cat is hissing and yelling and growling at him with it's got us you know Tail up in the air, ass up, feet, front feet spread out. I mean, it's in attack mode the entire time, and it goes on for a long while. Way long while. I would have pissed down both legs. <laughs> both legs. Both of them. Both. You both. Know, how do you do both? You put one down one leg and then stop and then go well, on the other? I don't know. I, that's just a saying I've always heard, heard. I've never quite been scared enough to experience it myself. Uh, well. My technique for this situation is completely flawed because my technique is just to outrun somebody else. But in this situation, there's only one person, so I think you'd have to figure well, that that's out. Your, I don't know. I haven't seen it. That's your. That actually brings me to the greatest quote Jonathan Porter ever said on a podcast before I got a hold of him, which he was talking about. He was somebody who's interviewing him, and he, they were saying, "What's the key to winning? What's the key to being on?" Forging fire, and he goes, "Well, it's like when you're running from a bear. Don't be the slow. Don't be the slowest. Be the second slowest, or something like that." Was, no, I just said, was the quote? I said, "You don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun somebody else in the group." Yeah, that's that was that was <laughs> that's it. That was his technique for forging fire. I thought that was a very good. Uh, oh man. So this yeah. brings me to another question. Actually, I I should have I should have uh, said it after Jonathan's question, but we can circle back. Uh, Racer Racks, you guys know Eric oh, Monacero, yeah. great dude, great, really good, good dude. dude. Um, he says my mother-in-law just got kicked in the face by one of her horses when a sudden gust of wind spooked it. Her eyes swollen shut, her broken nose, and six stitches. I can only imagine how unnerving that must be. Y'all ever been kicked by a horse by accident or on purpose? Hellos and thank yous. And I actually went right to, is she okay? And he's like, yeah, she's much better now. Thanks for asking. So Wow. I had, the kicking I had, in the face. That narrowly avoided being kicked. Not, and I, by God, I am knocking, like literally knocking on wood for that one. But that's close as I've been. I, I've been kicked I mean, I've a been lot. kicked a little so, bit yeah. shooting horses, but not like full extension. You like cartoon kicks. Yeah. 
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The worst kick I ever got, believe it or not, wasn't the Junior Brown kick. It was the, God, what a mistake. This is, this is, if you understand any of the specifics of this story, it'll be really funny, but it's, it's, a, it's a hard one. And I left the ranch and I went to Urbana, Illinois, which is where my best friend was going to college. And I decided that I was going to be get my degree in ranch management so I could go back and become one of the, um, the full, you know, like the, the big, the, the big bosses yep. at the ranch. When I get to Urbana, Illinois, I, I, because I'm me, I get, I get busy and I, I look in the, in the yellow pages. Cause yes, it's 2002 and we had those still. Um, and I found horse farms or actually horse stables. And I, at this point, I only know about like ranch horses and like Florida, like pasture horses, which might as well be ranch horses. Um, I do know that thoroughbreds are horses cause they're the race horses. Um, but I don't know about any other breeds. And I found um, a farm with an ad, and I called up and I said, I'm just looking for work. I can clean stalls. I can ride. I can do whatever you need done. I'm, I'm a full-service help. And they said, well, we need somebody to come in and clean stalls, so come on in, and we need a groom. And I was like, all right. So I show up. It's called Woodhaven Saddlebreds. And if you don't know what a saddlebred is, they're the kind of horses that have the really fancy high-up tail and it's a very different thing than a ranch horse. Prissy horses. Prissy, prissy horses. Right. And anyway, oh, goodness gracious. Uh, it was, it, I forget what I was talking about. My, my, my computer told me I, my connection was unstable. No, I got you're all good. upset. You're very flustered. <laughs> That's right. Prissy so horses. anyway, prissy thank horses. you. So I'm in there, and they're high strung. That's the what is really important is they keep these things super high strung because they want them to like come out all snorty and crazy. And I don't, it doesn't matter. But anyway, I was cleaning one of these things stalls, and it has this bar that goes across the front of the stall, even when the stall door is open, that keeps it from being able to rub on the door. And I was ducking underneath the bar, and literally this thing kicked me so hard in the ass. And I did a front somersault out into the aisle and just laid there with this, like, buzzing ass cheek. It was, Ugh. I couldn't move. It was terrible. It was like the biggest, you know, like a Charlie horse when somebody dead legs uh-huh. you? Like, but it was my whole ass cheek. It was just, oh. I'll tell and you. That was the worst. I can't imagine somebody getting hit in a bone. That's, that's, that's sad. I'm sorry for her. She will have issues with that, I'm sure, and Jonathan I'm sorry. because that get this, too. Another one that, that's kind of unexpected and really hurts, if you get pawed by a horse with their front feet, they will catch you on the that knees. One. And it feels like mm. they have just completely sheared off your kneecap. I've actually been, like, injured 
Well, I got kicked in the ribs and had two ribs broken and one cracked oh, Jesus. by a horse. That was like four or five. That was like that was many, many years ago. At my fanciest barn by one of my most expensive horses. So don't let any of the value of horses make you think that they're not just as dangerous as somebody's Mustang. But, um, yeah. It, you get kicked. The front feet are what have hurt me the worst, though, in the sense that I'll reach down to, let's say, pick up a foot to pull it forward on my peg. But like Ben said, they'll kind of, this isn't even like, like mean, this is yeah. just them. They'll pick up their foot before I get there and they'll catch that knee on the side of my temple. Oh. And I've gotten just, I've gotten just about knocked out a couple of times. So a couple of times I had to sit down where I was like, do I don't, I might have to go and see somebody. I got hit real hard. Like, and it's just, it's like I said, it's not even them being mean. It's just a timing situation. Right. And they're, a lot of times they're just anticipating getting put on that peg and you're leaning forward to grab, and it just because yeah, oh. the knee is legitimately like a fucking knee. I mean, yeah. it's just like skin oh. and bone, very thin skin. Yep. And it, oh, that's that's honestly the knees what has hurt me the worst is getting kneed in the face or in the or on the side of my head when I'm picking up feet. But that's a pretty rare position to be in if you're just a regular horse. But person. if you're getting kicked, especially by a horse with a with a with you know shoes on, I mean, it's not like a, a closed fist that's got a little bit of like. You know, you know something to kind of deaden. The, I mean, you're getting hit by a very hard, sharp object. Like I, I would, I'm gonna just imagine you're like people are just getting killed left and right by getting kicked by a horse. Even even without shoes, I mean, hell, it'd be like getting hit with a wooden mallet. <laughs> I mean that. Yeah, it yeah. hurts. Most of the time, they don't connect like hard enough to not hard enough, but square enough to get you like the couple times I've been hit square, the, the ass cheek time and the time junior Brown threw me across every other time they kind of gotten lucky in the sense that they, it, it will graze you, you know, so you'll get, it'll kind of spin you off of it or, and I'm usually right up underneath the horse. That's what I was so a lot say, of the times like, the, the real danger zone is about four and a half feet back from a horse's ass. Exactly. Four and a half feet. Oh, exactly. cause that's, that's like full that's extension. Full extension. Right? Full right. extend, exactly. That's why going underneath that barn stall door and he kicked me in the butt, he got me at full length. And I got, it hurt. If it wasn't have been a butt cheek muscle, I might have had something real bad, you know, wrong with yes. me. And, like, it was, uh, full extensions a lot. Like, that Junior Brown horse threw me from pretty much right on top of him. Like, imagine if he'd have caught me at four feet out, I'd have, I'd have had two broken hips Ooh. or something. It'd be, it'd be bad. It'd be, it'd like, mm-mm. So that's the, so, so getting in close, you're just going to get like shoved a little bit, maybe pretty much. or, or, or you know, hell, pretty much. Get, they can't hit, build hit up like any speed. Ankle. I mean, it's just the way a horse's leg works. They can't get it up real high. Whenever you're close is the move to be on the, the horse's side. Is that the safest place to be? Uh, not really. Cause I'm, I've again, like, just like the knee up front, I've been cow kicked harder than I've been kicked from the What's back. Cow kicked? It's just, that's when they kick for, forward and out with their back feet like a cow You does. know, and really, it's things can happen anywhere, but as long as you're up close, you know, you walk around the back, you, you watch guys saddling horses. Not Eight out of ten guys, as they're walking around the back of the horse, because you have to go to the other side of the horse to let down your cinches, you, you put a hand on their ass and it's just, hey, I'm right here. Don't kick me, please, sir. Yep. Because I don't want to so, have to hurt pretty you. Much, yeah. Because... Yeah, I remember you had a horse that you really loved, Ben. Yeah. Was this a horse that you knew would never kick you? Or is that no, just he, like... He was is it... fantastic. He would not kick me. You could do whatever you wanted. The kids could climb around on him. He was not always like that, though. 
but he would kick a cow that got too close. He would bite them if I was trying to push cows in an alley or something like that. He'd bite them to make them go forward. He knew his the job. The biting. The biting. Yeah. How hard, I can only imagine when, a, when you get bit by a horse, they're taking a chunk out of you like an apple. Uh, they, they bite. <laughs> if you, I've, yeah, I've missed that one, luckily. I've, honestly, the, the people that I work for, mo- more people have terrible bite stories than they have kick stories. Really? Um, oh God! It just like you just said. Imagine that thing grabbing a hold of your shoulder. I had a z- one of those zebras get a hold of my thumb one time. I was trying to get to be friends Ooh. with them. Wait, 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 wait! <laughs> you can't just say one of those zebras. You got zebras on the ranch. We got zebras on the ranch. We got okay. three of them. Mm-hmm. We got a, a, a mama, a daddy, and a baby. They all are. They all suck. They're all mean. But I thought I it, we hadn't had them very long, and I thought I'm going to make these guys my friend. And then I'm going to write them. Uh, so I started throwing out food to them, getting them closer and closer and closer. And I held out my hand with some feed, and it just got a hold of my thumb. Nothing else, not the feed, just my thumb. And just slung its head back. And they're like, I was scared to look at my thumb because I thought, shit, he just degloved mm-hmm. it. Like, I'm uh-huh. But luckily, it, it wasn't, wasn't quite that bad, but it hurt. It did hurt. With, and then that's the end of being friends with the zebras. Uh, it was the end of me, like, I, I did not actively hate them at that point. It wasn't until they tried to kill Murphy Dog that I act- actively hated them. Yeah. By the way, they don't taste I've... good. I had zebra when my dad was, uh, took me on the, I'm sorry, I divorced your mother world tour. We went to Africa. <laughs> we went to this place called the Carnivore which was famous for having, it's like Brazilian, uh, like one of those Brazilian steakhouses where you like turn the, the, the you have the little. Uh, they got the sword of meat. They, they show up yeah, with the sword of meat. Carp- but in this place, slice it off for this you. place was like, they had zebra and they had crocodile and then they had all sorts of wild game. It was crazy. And we were just like, all right, we got to try the zebra. And it was, there's a reason why zebra is not like a delicacy. That would not it be was like, my go-to meat. No, it was like a rubber tire. It was like a rubber tire, and uh, it was it was it was really 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 bad. But that that one. So no one's ever really ridden. You don't see people riding zebras. There's there's guys that have some saddle broke zebras, but they're they're kind of few and far between. I, I mean, hell, there's an entire continent of people who walk everywhere. If you could ride right. a zebra, they'd right. be doing it. Dude, maybe those <laughs> saddle broke ones also might be uh, mentally ill. Those might be maybe. some mentally ill zebras. Yeah. lost their our, way Robbie, of life. My, my mentor, one of our first days on the job, he took me to this farm. And they had a zebra in, the, in one of the stalls, and he's like, we don't touch that one. And I was like, why not? This thing's cool. He, he's like, walk up to it. I, like Ben said, that's the meanest thing I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen a badger. I understand they're pretty mean, but I can tell you that a zebra will look at you and will stare you in the eyes and tell you in a weird way that it's going to well, kill you. Well, in a zebra, and you know, like a horse it... <laughs> kicks to get away. Zebras paw and bite and get things down and with the intent of killing them. Really? Right. Correct. Yeah. Murder. They're murderous. Uh, well, you know, if, as, if as they far need as to be, kind then... of horse can be. Yes, they are murderous. So, in in the in the in the 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 zone of horse, donkey, zebra, uh, burrow, or I don't know what's what's burrow what, 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 a donkey. Okay, 
uh, mule. What's what's the mule? Where's yeah, the mule. what's the what's the what's the docile? What's the aggressive? Which is our what, what's your hierarchy in terms of like who's kicking whose ass in the in the horse world? I have no idea. You know, because you, you know, you see your kids. Your kids got the toy zebras. I think, a, and everyone thinks that seems to think the zebras are so nice, but it sounds like they're sons of bitches. I think a donkey could survive nuclear holocaust. Really? I, I don't think there's a anything could... tougher. So it may be like those other ones. Like they're more aggressive, but I just don't think they could hurt one. You don't. That's what I was. If, if a donkey could stay alive long enough to figure out a zebra's system. It would outsmart the zebra, and then it would make the zebra yeah, its bitch. I, I think so. <laughs> really? And yes. Absolutely. A hundred uh, donkeys make things their there bitch. Is that is what they do. Tougher or more. Hold my pocket. That is donkey. what a donkey. Hold my pocket. Wait a second. That's it. Well, then how come they have such a bad rap? Because they're stubborn. Stubborn as a mule. Because <laughs> they're smart. Stubborn as a mule. They're stubborn as a mule, but a, a, you know, mules have got some good. Most mules have got some good horse traits as well. Like what? Like like loyalty? Yeah, being, loyalty? <laughs> loyalty? Of mules are loyal? Yeah. A lot of mules are pretty... Uh, lot more of, loyal lot than, of mules than, are pretty good. than a like, burrow. You know, as far as working, like... You know, you see a lot of mules, like large mules, as like draft animals for like loggers and shit. They, they G and haw. A donkey doesn't G or haw. Mm, right that's the noise the, 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 the trainability is definitely the issue but the the g like, and the ha is not the noise the g is is right and left and it's just oh. being smart enough to go right work off of verbal commands oh g and ha means you say g and ha and they know which g is right and uh, ha is left g is left and ha is right but i could have and it they, backwards and those little bastards know yep yeah, Jesus Christ! It's like the dogs that run like dog teams. It, All right, so they say they say GG and ha ha. That's like the same thing. So stubborn as a mule is 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 one acronym. So yep. it would more be like asshole like a zebra would be the. the right, other one. Speaking of asshole, did you know that um, I learned this from a vet? You know where asshole comes from? Don't be an asshole. Go ahead. What what happens is burrows dig holes and then they sleep in them and then they leave. And then there's an asshole. So don't be an asshole. It was back in the days of having like a wagon, and your wagon would fall into an asshole. And <laughs> that's where asshole second. comes from. Stop. It has nothing Wait to, a second. Nothing to do with your Fucking butt. That's what it has to do with. Stop the presses. You have now, you have <laughs> now completely changed the. You're telling me that asshole has nothing to do with your rectum. Nothing. Uh, well, what, I mean, it, what, it what other now. word? It does now, but it used to have to do with when uh, when burrows would dig holes in your pasture and other animals would fall in them and break things or you or your wagon or other thing. And it's like, don't be an asshole. That's Jesus. it. Don't be a problem. Don't be a problem waiting to happen. That's what that's what the vet explained it to be. Don't be an asshole used to mean don't be a problem waiting uh, to that's happen. That's breaking news. So like, that's breaking news. Going back yeah. to G and Ha, because I don't want to hear about it later. I looked it up. I had it backwards. G... Is right, haw is left. What What do you think? What do you think? Mark Burchett's going to call you up and say, you got that's, the G in the haw? That is exactly who I thought was going to do it. That is exactly the person. God, I, I'm oh, still boy. reeling from asshole not being a, a bodily f- a form. So, like, so was the problem, why were, were they digging, like, almost like a nest, the, the mules and the burrows? Well, if you got a herd of them, I suppose that could be pretty, pretty you know, counterproductive if you're trying to run a wagon train through i don't know the details of it but i just remember a, a, a this was animal effectively dig a hole 
Burrows will dig a hole. Oh, they'll. I've seen them dig through just hard pan. Shit ton like, of mini donkeys out here, and I had never seen them dig shit. And if I, <laughs> maybe that's where my missing pipe is. Those <laughs> sons of bitches <laughs> dug it up. There might be. Don't you know? I I cannot believe. I'm still shell shocked that asshole comes from. It's a cowboy thing. Hey, I could have also been fed a load of I, crap from an old not, vet. No, 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 which, no, no. Now it's canon. You know? Now this is real bull. This is a real shit. Now this is. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter. Forward. This is. This is. This has happened. This is canon. This is asshole. No longer is about the body. Asshole is about mules digging holes in the in the. Don't be an asshole. Not mules. It's not as. There you go. It's not as gross. Not man. mules. Not mules. Okay. All right. The last question, and then we'll see where we go from here. This comes from Sean v. Van B., who understood the assignment. He understood the assignment. Um, <laughs> okay. Sean did a good job. Sean probably did the greatest job, and he actually he, he gave us an article, too, if we want to go into it. Growing up on a small cattle farm, 70 cow-calf pairs, I always remember the concern uh, and slash running joke about bulls breaking its penis while breeding. I'd be interesting to hear their take on the problem or if they've ever had to retire a bull due to this workplace injury. It's always a concern because for an operation my dad's size, a decent bull could cost 10 grand and you only get three to five years of use out of them. Anyway, love the podcast and hope this fulfills your original intention of pot- for potential dick jokes. Thank you, Sean I, v- Van B. I have seen and a broken I do dick. have an article. I have seen two broken dicks. Right. Go ahead. They were not from... They did not break their pecker in the act. Okay. They stepped mm. on it. What? What? <gasps> what? what? No. Get out of here. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> Our bulls just got turned out. I had nothing to... I, had, I was not... This was, this was way above so, my They're stepping on their dicks. No. This is whenever I... Uh, saw it happen. This was whenever I was working for the vet out in Arizona, and one of the guys saw it happen. A, cow, a bull was laying down. He had his dick run out, and whenever he <laughs> went to get up run. real quick, he stepped on it, and basically he went up and his dick stayed there. <laughs> oh boy! And so yes, they a bull can have a broken, and the medical term is broken penis. <laughs> Wait a second. This is the most You know, I always thought that I always thought that in in nature there are some things that just don't happen. Like you can't really break your own neck and you can't really do things to yourself that are like, you know, there's something in the brain that prevents you from doing physical harm to yourself. Like you couldn't break your own arm. Like you couldn't so I just find it hard to believe. I mean, all I can think of is there's this video of this <laughs> this is video of this gold guy on a on a uh, on like a, a dais about to do a speech or something like that, and he was he's he's putting his one leg over the other, and he accidentally catches his nuts while he's sitting. I don't know if you've seen that video. It's I'll I'll have to find it and send it to you. But this guy is like adjusting the cameras on him. He's adjusting, and his head goes back because he sat on his own testicles. <laughs> so it's like this total shot. I have to send it to you because it's just too funny. But I just find it Dude, hard. I'm just hold on. Time out. Time out. Time the time the fish out. Hold on Go a ahead. second. How far are they hanging that you can get them over the other leg? 
like is is this is, am I am I a rarity in this situation? Because I don't know that I could get mine over my other no, leg. No, I don't think. I get... think that what happened was he. You know, the problem with testicles and pants is there's no real space for them to like be like uh, uh, sequestered from the legs. So like they go down okay. one side or the other. So yeah, obviously. Birds, or but whatever, yeah, you or yeah, well, yeah. If you if you're wearing boxer briefs, so if you if you have if you have your testicles on one side and then you lift over and maybe one ball, maybe one ball's you know following taken off and and then you you just he sat on him, he sat on his nuts. Wow. And but it's such. A, I wear. Go ahead. I. No, I'm just, I'm just thinking. I wear duck canvas dickies. That's it. Right. Like one size too big. Like these things, they fall off of me constantly. I, I guess that's my issue. I, I, from the earlier conversation, I don't want things in my pockets, and I don't want my clothes to. T- I don't. I got sensory stuff. I don't want. I don't want to feel anything. So, if, if if you're wearing pants that are so tight that they can they can string them up, I wouldn't be in that. I'm situation not sure it's the, the tightness. I'm, I'm sure it's. I think it's the looseness. I, was I think say it's, it's like the looseness. It's the looseness that, like, <laughs> the, they wander. The clothing and the skin. Yeah, they wander. You know, people would say, well, wow. then that's why you should wear jockeys. But, I mean, we can't do that. I mean, that's just that's You outrageous. know, this is, this is way, into the, way into the too far category. But I did see my great-grandfather naked one time. And Great-grandfather? Old, my great-grandfather. He was 92 or 93. And I was at his house pulling weeds for him. And I came in the front door and he had taken a shower or done something. And he was just standing there naked. And I just remember his balls were the oldest, longest hanging balls I'd ever seen in the entire world and still have to this day. I'd still, I, so I think at some point when you get so really old, your balls He could, he could throw them over a leg. He could, he could like play hacky sack. That, that situation. I once, I once one of my, my loving uncles who I love dearly was it was a family event and I, I don't know why he felt the need to just, you know, cruise around in like, you know, jockeys with you know, without pants on. Like when I grow up when I grew up, I'm like, you put clothes, you don't just cruise around and yeah. and he was sitting with his legs and he had one leg over the, his knee and you could see some scrotum hanging out of his jockeys. And I didn't know what else to say except for I think your labia is hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> You chose because it's even it, because I didn't see balls. It, I saw just like <laughs> loose scrotum hanging out, and I just I just I came to you know just like fuck it. You swing at pitches. In my, I grew up, you swing at fucking pitches. Sir, you swing at pitches. Swing at pitches. I, I see your chicken heart. <laughs> yeah, your la- excuse me, but your labia is hanging out. Well, clearly it's hey, not. Lieutenant but, Dangle. That's but it. it's. Change the topic very quickly. And gum, pants went on. That's right. Well, there you go. You're <laughs> oh, so. You guys have a lot more experience with this than I do. So, so just to let you know, um, uh, the uh, let me just what is uh, his name? Sean also included uh, an article, and this is not from like this is from Grain News. I don't know if you're a subscriber to Grain News. I, I am not. I get Livestock Weekly. That sounds like a farmer publication. <laughs> Here's why Grain News yeah. is so great because it's spelled G R A I N E W S. So there's it's not Grain News. It's Grain I News. I see what you did there. He did it. This is some real <laughs> shit. This is from this is from, uh, uh, this is from Grain News. 
Uh, this is from uh, the columnist Roy Lewis. In the in the title of the article is "Watch Out for Bull Penis Problems." And this is not this is not the Onion. This is not some bullshit. This is grain news. This is real. This is uh, this is real shit. Uh, many times I feel like this is a pamphlet that the Extension Service gives out. It should not be <laughs> in this particular publication. I personally believe that this is a a way to grab the attention of the reader. Watch out for Ooh. bull penis problems. Let's you find out wild, what those are. Got my attention too. Roy's, Roy knows how to fucking do a headline. He went to his guy and he says, "All right, we got to do something." Watch out for pe- let's let's find out what's going on with dicks. So many times throughout the breeding season, calls uh, ca- uh, calls come in to veterinary clinics regarding swelling along the sheath of bulls. For uh, in many instances, a favorable outcome is highly attainable. I think this is I, th- I believe this is not in the United States because there's a U in favorable. So this might be a UK thing. Um, mm. a, a lo- which makes it even funnier because it's, now it's definitely serious. Uh, location of the swelling tells a lot about read, its cause. Read it, generally, read it in your British accent. No, thank you. I, it's not good. I'm, be- you know, I always think it's better when I have the kind of like weird New York accent in all cases. Um, location of the swelling tells a lot about its cause. Generally, if the penis has been broken, the swelling is just ahead of the scrotum. Swell- swelling lower down on the sheath are common with lacerations to either of the penis or the prepuce, whatever the prepuce is. Um, the broken penis's result of a rent created in the sinus of the penis. Blood accumulation, cum, uh, blood accumulates in the sinus, causing the erection. A sudden bend mm-hmm. to this erect penis, um, such as being hit when breeding, will cause such a break. Then in the subsequent breeding attempts, blood is pumped throughout the defect. Blood is trapped in the location, causing a visible swelling. The degree of swelling, therefore, depends on how many breeding attempts have been made before the producer <gasps> can pull the bull from the breeding herd. Some bulls will be turned off sexually and may not attempt further breeding. <laughs> They've had it. So some of these some of these dicks are going to be so beaten up. Kind they're like, I'm done with sex. You know, 100%. Hey, if your penis... Put him out with Ferdinand. Like, this, this man's dick is far too broken. Turned at a 90-degree angle so many times before you just give up. <laughs> he's, he's swelling up with blood. Once. Ben, once. That's the go. answer. Once. And, and this is, this is. I mean, we're making jokes, but this is, this is science here. This is real veterinary science. To diagnose a cut penis, uh, your veterinary, their veterinarian will either sedate the bull to have a good look at its penis or use an electro ejaculator to be able to visualize it. Cuts are the, the result of breeding in, in bush over fences. So uh, some mm. bulls are more prone to their aggressive nature. Some prone bulls have more of a tendency to have a prepuce pla- uh, prolapse at all times. This greatly increases the likelihood of yeah, that, there wasn't anything tears. to do for That's... the ones that we got in. Right, wow. they got turned into hamburgers. Well, that was a lot of. There are <laughs> that was a lot of information. Well, uh, just a, a lot. Of, a lot of. I'm it. going to just read to you. I'm going to read to you. I'm going to read to you the the following. Just the, the the titles of the following paragraphs, and you can tell me if you want to. You you want me to read them? One is several scenarios. That's one oh, of wait. them. And then the next on. one is. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I'm listening. Oh, so I'm se- several myself. scenarios, and then there's also mm-hmm. TLC and rest. Is this from Grain right. News? Yes, yeah, it's from Grain News. I'm going to make this shit I up. I kind of like the idea of TLC and rest. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> 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 
even is, is it's funny because it's like once again this guy is just like we got to get people reading this shit so you what know, are we gonna are we gonna make a, it funny you got a bull with a broken dick maybe you need a little tlc and rest <laughs> <laughs> Tender, loving care is not what I would put when it comes to fixing a a bull dick. Maybe you don't treatment is not comp- <laughs> treatment is not complicated or costly. Just some labor uh, and the tincture of time with sexual rest resolves many of them. Broken penises require hypotherapy initially, and then a long sexual rest. A few months later, the bull may be tested to see if the erection is possible. More than 50% of these cases will heal. If caught early enough, God. before large swellings have occurred, they do have a higher incident of uh, reoccurring uh, than in normal bulls. Surgery was tried often, but in the past, because a large blood clot was formed, infections are very real compl- uh, complications. Prognosis is no better than a conservative medical approach. The blood clot is absorbed over time. See, they, here's what here's what's good about grain news, is they figured out, like the topic sentences to kind of get you to go, and then they kind of like, they slip you the mickey of science. I want to know more I'm about that. I just him. think that was a lot of science for grain yeah. news. I don't feel, I feel yeah. like that should have been in like a textbook or something. I don't, you just read a lot of information right. to me that came out of a publication that, that squished its words well, together. Well, I can, I can let it, you it's a borrow my Merck Veterinary Manual if you'd like to really read up oh on gosh. it. gosh. No, I just you know mm-hmm. I, I appreciate okay. I appreciate Sean for 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 understanding where we needed to go and 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 uh, you know we got now back to talk and dick talk we, it's win win we it's, it's super win win and I I hate wow. to I hate to call you out Ben but you said you've seen two broken bull dicks but you've only talked about one uh, one it's the was the same situation is you know and on these the dick was hanging out like you know a foot and a half and wouldn't retract. Oh, it's sewn up, sewn up with a bag situation. You know, a bull dick is something like four feet long. Whenever you consider like (laughs) what's actually in their body as well, like they're crazy long. Correct. Is it because? Is it because? (laughs) I mean, they're all gross, Ben. (laughs) I mean, come on. That is a fact. (laughs) I mean, nothing's gross in a rattlesnake, but still, they're all gross. Penises are gross, are. dude. Got a dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just the whole Red. the whole step. Here comes the lipstick. Put that away. The whole That's it. The whole. The, Put that away. <laughs> I mean, it is it is it is grotesque. It is grotesque. But uh, I don't know where to oh. go. I don't know where to go from there. From here, there, guys. Do you have any? Do you have any other weird cowboy stories? To uh, or funny cowboy stories? I, or I or Ben, you said that you were time. gonna. Well, you said that you were was, gonna. You said that you'd think of a, a dumber thing that you've done. Oh, uh, we got to talking. I can't talk and think at the same time. All right. Well, well, that's fair. I mean, that's you fair. know, it may, I was wondering the other day, and today, and several. I was. I've been thinking a lot about like sayings, and maybe they're colloquialisms, but like some. I think, like the saying "frog ass cold." Never heard that one. Never heard. Never heard of it. It's it's said around here. Frog it is ass gonna cold. Be, sounds like that a it's going to be sale. frog ass. Does that mean it's like it's going like, to be frog ass cold? Is that like and I'm just wondering, degrees? like, how cold is it? I don't know, Ben. And I'm just there's a lot of open. That's the question I'm asking is if you guys have weird statements like that that don't make any sense. Like, 
Was this a medical exam or a sensory touch exam to determine how cold a frog's well, ass is? Know, That's one of, my, one of my favorites came from my granddad, and it's, it makes perfect sense as it fits like a finger in an ass. <laughs> that's wow. why is your granddad saying such things? Uh, that's kind of that's kind of. I'd, I'd have to talk to my dad, but that's what, kind of one of the more tame ones. I just don't know what it. I don't know what yeah, it means. Why would well, you mean so of, many you know, things? It fits like a glove. Fits like a finger in an ass. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is that is quite a that is quite a uh, that pick, makes a picture, doesn't it? It certainly makes a picture. <laughs> it is. It is descriptive. <laughs> I kind of, th- you know, I sort of thought at least one of y'all may have heard it before, but no, no, both, both negative. So far, both expressions, I've never heard either one of those. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, the finger in the ass things make sense, uh-huh. but the frog, cold frog thing, I don't, I don't get that at all. I don't know. I don't get. I don't get that one either. That's it. That's what I was thinking about. There's other ones I just can't remember them now because I'm on the spot. Do you think? Right. I'll just change it up a little bit. Back to back to your ranch, Ben. I know you recently had quite an altercation with a, a very expensive and aggressive elk. Yeah. Do do people ever get to ride those things? I guess if you're brave enough. I mean, I'm sure the, are those left on the back of one at some point throughout history, but I have not seen it. And at this point in my life. I'm not going to say it has always been this way, but at this point in my life, I am not going to try it. Right. Well, that when you sent that video of him charging you, and it, it definitely that is something that I can't imagine. Boy, I thought I was going to flip the my little ranger, and then hell, the dog fell out. Uh, How big is that elk? That's the worst. Uh, a little smaller than a horse. Like he might weigh. 700 pounds yeah he's about oh my he's i mean he's skinnier yeah he's less, pretty good he's pretty good width. size and he's he's not full grown how 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 old do you think he's gonna get before uh things, i think that one is four he's either four or five now he'll kind of be at, at prime in in his prime i think is at like seven and then he'll he'll kind of start to go downhill a little bit are you are you guys gonna are you are you, are you have like a breeding program out uh, there? Or? Yes, he. I de- I think he he was doing his job admirably during that time of year during rut. Whenever I had a little run in with him, and eventually we will somebody will shoot him and pay a lot of money to do it. But he didn't step on his penis. No, his penis. Is no, fine. elk dicks are not quite as long. <laughs> really. As far as I know, Jeff, if you want to have your, if you want to have your mind blown, you need to have a YouTube rabbit hole on uh, elk bugling, because if you want to hear the craziest out of this world sound that shouldn't be coming out of an animal, it that's is, it. It's one that's of my as, that's as crazy as sounds it gets. out there, and I I've got a pretty good bugle, like just with my mouth to, I I've been able to bugle elk up to the house. Really? So that's one of their wow. sounds, you know, whenever they're in rut, they're bugling. Other bull elk will bugle, and they'll just start bugling back and forth, making their way towards each other, and then they, they figure out who is dominant. Right. It sounds like an old-school space laser. Kind of? <laughs> and I, I don't know. One time, when I was hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, this was in, like, 2006. Uh, I was 26. So, yeah. Um 
we went to sleep in a meadow. Myself, my hiking partner Connor, and my dog Sophie at the time. And I got woken up in the middle of the night to this crazy, like, sound. Like I said, like somebody's fighting in the meadow with space lasers. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And Millie, the dog, was so, not Millie, uh, Sophie, the dog was so, she didn't know what to do. Normally she's super up in arms about stuff. She was just like looking at me like, what the hell is going on? But it's, that was the first time I had ever heard, like, in between two of them. Like, I've heard them in the distance, but being in between two of them was incredible because it just echoes, and it's it's just such a cool thing. Well, and getting to see them whenever they come together and fight is pretty neat to watch as well. It's real neat, so, actually. I mean, their horn, do their horns come, or do their antlers come off or something, uh, or are they always You know, that is or... something that it took me far longer than I'd care to admit to actually realize. But an elk, deer, anything with an antler versus a horn, they grow that antler Every single year. It comes off in the spring. Yep. They spend all summer, kind of up until they go into rut, growing that back every single year. But So the growth must be just incredibly fast. And that's why, you know, the Japanese want those elk antlers while they're in the velvet because it's full of hormones and shit. And they, you know, you can, they take it as like steroids or a, for, uh, Boner medicine? I'm not exactly sure. But there's a lot right. of money. Virility, in, whatever it is. Vitality. Yeah, yeah stuff. There, there's yeah. a lot of money in selling those antlers. But the thing is about that is you have to go. I made $1,600. Antlers Sorry, are covered in hair while hair and skin while they're growing. And then once they stop growing, they scrape all the skin off. But if you get that velvet, you have to get the animal, like trank it, do something to it, get it down, and cut them off while they still have blood and feeling going to them. And so it's not a very, it's not something we do around here. So, but they drop their horn, they drop their yeah. antlers though at some point. Yeah. See, and, and, and for the longest spring, time, Jeff, I thought I would that was something them. that like, you know, they knocked them off on a tree, like they hit a tree too hard or were fighting or, or something and just one got knocked off. But yeah, they grow them every single year. That's crazy. And these elk, I mean, hell, yeah, they'll go out grow like spring a 12 pound and, and antler. Like just one of them. Yeah, they're heavy. Six, 16, even more than that. They're, they're super heavy. Oh, my super God. Super heavy. Have you, have you found any oh, sheds? Hell, or... I had a... Yeah, that's what you're talking about. You go out in the spring and you can gather up. Like when we'd go out and move cows around in the spring, half of what I was doing was oh, looking for antlers. A while antlers. back, I sold my, <laughs> my pile of sheds, but hell, I had one that was, I don't know, five foot tall and five foot wide, just a pile of, of antlers. Yep. Can you imagine? There's you... a price. There's a price per pound. Yep. It changes every year. They show up at the trailer and they'll be. There you go. I used to sell a whole pile of them every fall. Do, that was what what they wanted. Do moose? Is it the same thing with moose? Do they fall off every year too? I think so. I believe so. Yep. That, it's but it's so they, they they grow so big so quickly. It's it's un, it's unbelievable. Like they're they're huh. growing. Like in that in one antler. They're growing the same amount of bones, like per weight, as you know, like a six-year-old kid has. It's a, it's a, and some of them get like, like thick. You get these big bulls. Those things could be. I mean, I'm not. I want to say uh, ten inches of yeah, circumference, I mean, maybe way, more. A lot bigger round than like a beer can. Jesus Christ! Because I mean, you can't grow. I mean, I can't grow my hair on my head <laughs> that long or long at all no, in a it's, year. It's unbelievable. Hmm. That's so weird. There you go. 
Any other weird animals? Any more weird animal stories over at the ranch? Or <sighs> well, did y'all hear about the story of of pinecone and the rattlesnake head the other day? Why don't you tell us? So the other day, I had the kids at the shop. Alex was, I think she was out of town. So it was a Friday, and we went to the shop, and we were, they were riding bikes, and I was doing some cleaning and stuff. And they were out on the backside of the shop, and so I, I go just to check in on them and see what they're doing. And Pinecone walks by, and she's like, I just saw a snake head. I'm like, what? A snake head? Yeah. And I was like, you're making this up. She's like, no, I really saw a snake head. Like bullshit. Let me see this. So I walk around, and there is the eyes and a snout of a snake sticking out of the sand. I'm like what the fuck? There is a snake head, and I had this small bolt, like an inch and a half long bolt, in my hand. And so I start digging around, just kind of see what kind of snake it was, and it's backing up as I'm digging it. And I dig a little more frantically, and it backs up a little more frantically, and I really get after it. Sure enough, it's a little rattlesnake. And I kicked its head off. Jesus. Wait, but what, aren't you afraid of being bitten? Well, I didn't know it was a rattlesnake at the time. What other snakes are there on your ranch? Oh, hell, there's all kinds of snakes. But the but the rattlesnakes are really the, the only ones. Gopher, that are, gopher snakes look just like snakes, them. I mean, uh, just like grass them. snakes. I mean, there's all kinds of snakes. Uh, uh, what is it? A coach whip. There's all kinds of snakes. But the rattlesnake's really the only one to be to worry about. But I could see so little of its head that I couldn't tell. But then whenever I did see it, I was like, oh, no. And I kicked it. Have you, I mean, what what happens when you get bit by a rattlesnake? Uh, well, if you're a dog, you pay about $700 and you get some dexamethasone and some antivenom. <laughs> if you're a human, you pay about $20,000 and you get the same antivenom <laughs> and some dexamethasone. The fuck out of here! It's twenty it grand 20, to get this treatment. It's like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. Yep, and same I exact work, medicine. It's the same stuff. Same I work for doctors, and after Murphy got bit in the face, they were like, you know, maybe it might be all right to have some antivenom on hand out here. And so they looked into it, and the cost for them was something like five thousand dollars, or maybe more. But it's the same stuff to be human grade versus, versus animal yeah. grade. So one's approved by the FDA and one's not. And that's what the cost difference yep. is. What wow. the fuck? Yeah. 20 hey, grand? You guys were, yeah, it's, it's nuts. You know what? I oh, Last weekend was terrifying. I, I just keep thinking about your farm or your your ranch bin and all the damn snakes. Because right now I'm in hypersensitivity mode about that. Because we had the, the Kelpie puppy. If, if people don't know what a Kelpie is, they have this weird ability to just like jump. And this thing can do like a four or five foot vert just straight up onto things. And she jumped up on my center workbench and or on the one of the shelves on the side or something, but way too high for a dog Sounds to like be. Me. And she ate two she ate two full bricks of rat poison. Oh Jeez. vitamin K. And <laughs> Oh boy. Right? So it obviously works out. She's she's still here and everything's fine. But she so Anyway, I come back in from reloading them or doing something, and I don't know what I forget what I was doing. And I noticed the little plastic wrapper on the ground, and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" And then it's got green in it, and I traced it back up, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" And I, I have to, I'm pretty handy when it comes to animal husbandry, and I don't panic a lot with animals. I don't run to the vet to get help, and 
I know how to fix almost everything that I need to fix. But I have never dealt with this before, and I have to tell you guys, Emily saved the day because she she was calm, she was cool, she had that dog headed to the vet. I was on the poison control with another vet, and they got it out of her because we, we were they, lucky to get it real feed quick. Her hydrogen peroxide. No, but it's so funny you said that because like they did whatever they gave her a, like a medicine that makes them throw up um, injectable style, and then they gave him another medicine that makes him not throw up. But if you don't get it within the first two to three hours, you can't yeah. throw it up. And then there's like a whole different treatment if you're going to try and save them. But if you're humane, you need to just let it go because it's real yeah. bad for them. Um, we got lucky that I got her real quick. And I, I even messaged – I'm totally honest with you. I'm very blunt when it comes to my dogs. I messaged my number one vet, and I said, Dr. R, this puppy just ate two bricks of rat poison. Is she screwed or do I need, is there something I can do? That's literally as much as I – I figured she was done. Yeah. And – they got it out. She was totally fine. She was sleepy from the medicine, but that was pretty much it. Jesus um, Christ! Oh, it was. It's Lorianne's puppy. It was. It was. It was. Oh. It was emotionally a disaster. And I, I have to say, Emily saved the day, man. I couldn't do it. I was falling apart trying to keep myself together because I didn't know what to do. And it's the first time I've been in a situation with an animal that I didn't know what to do to help it in a long time. And I, I will say, if it, for a public service announcement. A dog has to eat about one gram of rat poison per pound. So if your dog weighs 50 pounds and it eats a block of rat poison, it's not enough to make it die or sick even. So for this dog, she ate two blocks, that's 20 grams, and she weighed 30 pounds. So because she threw up, she didn't get sick at all. You know, but so just so everybody out there knows, for someone like myself that just went through it, that panic... You got you got a little bit of uh, the, the 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 rat poison company is ahead of you and they're pretty smart so they made it where they got to eat a lot of it to to actually knock them on their butt so you got a little dog that's a different story but they shouldn't be on the third shelf of your storage bin or whatever it is <laughs> uh, yeah I don't know man that's uh, it that was a sounds, lot it worked out it sounds it worked out that sounds terrible there was that no anti venom that's important there was no there was no anti venom. I but yeah, imagine. anyway, Ben, what you were saying was um, was that uh, my horse client was like, oh, next time just put some hydrogen peroxide on there, in there and they'll get rid of it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then you just said it too. That's so funny. Uh, the, the hydrogen peroxide just makes them throw up. You still have to give them like uh, – you know, the funny thing is most rat poisons, it's just a vitamin to make them – to counteract it. It's vitamin K. But you got to get the the poison out of their belly to begin with, and hydrogen peroxide in a syringe and just squirt it down their throat. Ugh. Ugh. This is a lot of animal husbandry, but if you ask me. Go to if this. You're happens, the one that read the, the, the textbook about book bull penises. I mean, it was a it was a listener submission. And what am I going to do? Be rude and not read it? I mean, you know, I we, we all know you're I, not I was, afraid my interest to, was to be rude and not read listener requests. <laughs> well, I mean, I, my interest was peaked. Did I read the whole article before I sent it to you? Of course not. But I mean, you know, these not. things happen. Yeah. I, I the, the rattlesnake. I would, if I were you, I, I now I completely understand why. You you eliminate all those rattlesnakes because it is too expensive to get bitten by a rattlesnake. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. I, what, I wonder what the physical what the physical uh, reaction is to being bitten by you a know, rattlesnake. Uh, I, 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 I watched a show about these these uh, these folks that they they're snake handlers with a church and they don't believe they not only do they handle the poisonous snakes but they also don't believe in getting anti venom. If you're bit, it's up to you and God to figure it out. So 
Like, this dude gets bit collecting a water moccasin, and they filmed him on and off throughout the night, and he's just bead-sweating, pained, fevered, sitting on a couch, looking like he wants to die. So it looks to me like I, I don't want anything I, to do with it. I, I, don't right, care if you, I don't care if you die I or not. I think rattlesnake venom is a neurotoxin. I think it's a, it's a blood it? toxin. All right. Yes. The only neuro one we have is coral snakes, I think. Because rattlesnakes, copperheads, water moccasins, those are all uh, the blood. Now, do y'all have coral type. snakes in Florida? Yeah, remember I sent you the video, oh, the yeah, one outside yeah, the shop that right. were eating the that's ring right. snake. You know, and those things are, those are all over the place. I mean, they've got them from Florida to Arizona yeah. to California. Uh, yeah, they're but, everywhere. That's the first one I've ever seen here, actually. And they're little bitty snakes. But, uh, yeah, it was like three feet but long. Like real skinny. Um, our neighbor's seen this one. Oh, yeah, real skinny. People don't realize it, but to get bit by a curl snake and get, like, it hurt is kind of hard because they have, like, their fangs in the way back of their mouth, so they're, they they have to, like, chew on you. So you're not going to get, like, sapped by one and all kinda of a sudden— Kind of like getting bitten by be, a heel monster. You'd toxin. have to try to get poisoned by one of them. Right, exactly. People who get poisoned by coral snakes are holding them. I want to yeah, exactly. I want to visit. I want to visit you, Ben, and I definitely want to see a rattlesnake. Well, come on, Jeff. We'll They're... go to the big Texan and eat a seventy-two ounce steak and look at their uh, rattlesnake <laughs> they got in the cage there. I will. I will. That I will take you up Do on it. that someday. If I, when I go, when I ever leave and go somewhere, I will go. I will visit. I'll definitely visit you, and we'll have a whole. We'll make a. But thing we all it. know Jeff doesn't travel, mm-hmm. so. Jeff travels. Right. Jeff doesn't say where he All travels. Right. Jeff is at, when the, as <laughs> Jeff Jeff keeps his trap shut. Jeff doesn't <laughs> tell you everything, but uh, Jeff will love to come. I don't like speaking about myself in the third person. Today is Black Friday, which comes from the expression "everybody's business." Uh, was in the red all year, and this is the this is the time of the year where business goes into the I black. Didn't know so that. I learned I've learned from Brian House today. I An learned it from asshole. Brian House. I, and why it's Black Friday? Asshole is probably the most eye-opening of all of all of the things that we've learned. Asshole is not about your asshole; it is about the whole the nastics. It makes me feel so, differently about being an asshole in general. <laughs> it's not as bad, right? It's not as bad. Are you a problem waiting to happen, Ben? Are you a problem waiting to happen? That's the question. It's not as gross. Oftentimes, I, mean, I am. It's. <laughs> So, yes, I am an asshole. Uh, but it makes me feel <laughs> like, so, yes. I you... think now, I don't want to call people assholes. Like, a dick is better. Yeah. Like, is yeah, there an there origin of dick? Is it is it not what we think it is? Well, that... Was there like a, we... was it like a King, was there like too many King Richards? So they started calling people dicks? I, I don't know. I think that, I think that we need one, one origin story of a horrible word per episode. <laughs> One origin story of a horrible word per episode, and I think that was it. I'm That's actually it. Okay. going to, as this speak, as we speak, hopefully I will be at Madison's. We're going. I actually speaking of steaks, I'm going to go to Keen Steakhouse in New York City. I'm going to have a fucking prime rib, Ooh. and I'm going to go see the Knicks. Uh, at the Madison Square Garden, it's going to be a real New York thing with my high school friend Eric, and I'm very excited about that. That's, you, uh, you've sent me pictures from your Knicks games before. They're 
You always look like you're having the a good time. The last time I went to the Knicks, I saw Howard Stern in the in the, on the court side. That was a high level. That was the, that was the highest level of all time. But I want to thank you two for joining me again. I always love talking with both of you. We have I love our I love our the Black Friday the Black Friday uh, uh, group chat. I always enjoy uh, hearing your exploits and and seeing what you guys are doing. And I'm looking forward to more of it. I'm hoping I'm wishing you both. A very productive holiday season, especially you, Jonathan. That you're you're going to be hauling ass in the next couple of days, and and thank you for taking the time to be here. Always, thank you. Well, you're thank the, you very you guys much. Are the best, you and and, and Ben. Really whatever you're it. up to, whatever you're up to, Ben, with those uh, mortal mortar and pestles and that beautiful forged coin tray. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Cause yeah. That- that weaving you Thanks did the other those. day was incredible. That is not an incredible, asshole. Incredible, that is not that is an not asshole. An asshole. No. That's some I, high. I am... That's high level well, stuff. High level stuff. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. You two, both two, you, both of you guys are guys I look up to, and I appreciate well, you. Thanks, being here. Jeff. It's true. So, and I consider you both good friends, and I appreciate your friendship. And with that said, because it is for Black Friday, I wanted to give a couple shout-outs or a little bit of you guys are getting into the holiday season, and I wanted you – I'm not talking to you two. I'm talking to the listener. Uh, well, I mean, if you want to, too. Mareko Momasi, along with Craft Made Aprons, has designed an amazing apron. This is called the B-A-M-F, the BAMF. And if you go mm. to craftmadeaprons.com, you can pick up this amazing – apron i have one and i'm very impressed with it it is made from double layer charcoal kevlar the bamf stands up to intense heat and water and stain resistant it's uh designed with a heavy duty magnetic side clasps clasp but the waist and shoulder straps accessorized with black anodized hardware for peak adjustability practical durable perfectly symmetrical so all you left-handed guys it works for you too i have one i'm amazed at how comfortable it is I used a wire brush on a right angle grinder, and you know when they start spinning off those little fucking threads, it just bounced off. So go get yourself a Banff apron from my friend Mareko Momasi and Craft Made Aprons. That's craftmadeaprons.com. Um, definitely support these guys because they're small businesses doing a nice thing with Mareko, and you know Mareko's fastidious. So if it's if he if he stands by it, then that's good enough for me. Um, and I have one, and, and it is pretty slick. It is very very slick. I'm very grateful to him. You can, uh, thank you, can you hold to your Mareko. Pen with that apron. I have a pen, and it works great. I want to thank uh, Kate Mayer too of Craft. Uh, MadeAprons.com and Mareko. That was very nice of you to include me in it, and we're going to see what we can do. The next thing is, is one of the next guests coming up is Alex Pohl. Alex Pohl will be back, and he has a new book called Blacksmith, Apprentice to Master, Tools and Traditions of the Ancient Craft. Uh, you can get it. He told me it's cheaper on Amazon to get it than on his website, but you can for free for sure go to Alex Pohl's website and, and get it from him, but he suggests going to Amazon for some reason. Uh, discover the world of metallurgy through Alex's knowledge and experience as he guides the uninitiated through the processes of forging, along with an exploration of the tools used by blacksmiths through the ages, including Alex's personal journey from uh, from apprentice to master. Even uh, the seven chapters take you through seven traditional methods, from drawing down to lengthening a piece of steel, upsetting to increasing the size of metal, punching holes through hot steel, or splitting while forging utensils, you learn why bending and swaging are techniques 
for making knives and ladles as well as fire welding, the pinnacle of blacksmith's art and the most complex technique to master. Go pick up Blacksmith, guys, from Alex Pohl. He is a fucking great guy. We're going to have him on in a couple weeks. I can't wait to talk about this and his other his cookbook that he had out. I don't know if you guys have seen this, his cookbook that he has out, but it's a beautiful cookbook. But this is really cool. Uh, I'm really happy for uh, Alex and uh, the guys over the Forge. Uh, they're making these books, and you know they're actually doing something really great for the they community. They all seem like good community. guys, too. I met them all. I met I met uh, Steve's Steve House is a dynamite yeah. guy, and uh, Joe is a as a little as a little monster. He's a he's amazing. Joe's a good dude too. I don't know their new guy, but they might be. I got a feeling they might be coming to Maker Camp this coming year. I, I mean, they, no one wants to talk about it, but I got a feeling they do. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully they do. There, uh, Alex is awesome. He'll be on here in a couple of weeks, and we'll. We'll talk about the book. Hopefully mine arrives. I ordered mine or pre-ordered mine. Hopefully it arrives beforehand so I can take a look at it. So, guys, go support our friends, Alex Pohl, Blacksmith Apprentice Master. Go get your ma- your Banff uh, apron from craftmadeaprons.com. Support Axwax. Support uh, akinteractive.com. And support Jonathan Porter, Doghouse Forge. And support Ben Snoor because this we're I'm trying to – I'm trying to help all you small guys, all these small businesses, and I'm with you. Uh, next week, we've got uh, Pat Quinn's coming on. We're going to talk about what's going on at the Center for Metal Arts. We got, we're wow. all, we've all, we're all, that'll be a good one. I, shit, I'll tell you the rest of them. We have Pat Quinn coming on. Uh, Nico's coming on to do a downward spiral. We have, <laughs> those um, are always fun. We have downward spiral coming up. We have, uh, we have Fingal Ferguson is going to be here for Christmas, and Noah, wow. Vash- Noah Vashon is going to come on between Christmas and New Year's. So we're going to fill out, and then I'm going to start the New Year with uh, my friend uh, I Jessup. Jesse Weta starts out the year I with like us. This lineup, and we got it. We got a good lineup. He's got it. You got it stacked for bear. I man. got it. That's it. You know, I'm fortunate enough that the people are are, say, are not saying no as often. I, I have a couple people who are <laughs> the only people who say no are ones who are afraid that I'm going to make them say something they're going to regret, which I never do. Cowards. Sometimes I. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get wow. All right, so guys, have a great holiday. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, a happy Black uh, Black Friday. Give him hell, Cyber Monday, and uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Thank you so much. I thank appreciate you it. And happy ben and Jonathan, you. you're the yeah. best. You're the best. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays, everybody. Right. The Full Blast Podcast is proudly sponsored by Axe Wax, an all-natural, food-safe wax for coating your handles. It can be used on your axes your knives, or even on your boots, with the full confidence that Axe Wax is safe and durable. Furthermore, if you use the promo code FULLBLAST10, you will get a special 10% discount on your order. So go to axewax.us and get yourself some of the most luxurious wax for waxing your axe. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.